Alrighty, what did I learn today to become a better communicator? Uh, this is going to be an interesting episode, I think. It's probably going to be a bit scattered, though, because I usually like to make these podcasts with like somewhat of a framework in mind. Like, I'm going to start off with this story and this lesson, then this story, this lesson, then this one, and then it's hopefully going to tie together at the end. But to be honest, I've been learning so many different things that up that seem right now to be unrelated that I'm probably just going to try to hit them all and then, I don't know, we'll see if it comes together at the end, but I'll be surprised. So what would be a good place to start? I think a good place to start, as always, maybe just the weather forecast, see if there was anything that I noticed throughout the day today that I could have done better. And the first thing that just pops into my mind is a lesson that I've learned in the past where my weather forecast is better if I have done a Facebook Live beforehand. So the reason for this, and it can be applied to any type of communication, is I build my show, it's maybe 10 to 12 graphics, and I could talk for 10 minutes about those 10 graphics, but then the weather forecast is two to three minutes. So what's great about doing a Facebook Live before the weather forecast is I'm able to talk for 10 minutes, and as I'm saying things out loud, I'm able to kind of kind of hear the way I'm speaking, and I'm able to tell what sounds good, maybe what's interesting, what was way too wordy, what I should leave out. It's also a way to kind of double check your show to see if there's any mistakes in it. But the main thing is it allows you to get everything you know out there, analyze what you've said, and then you're able to pull the very best of it into a three-minute forecast afterwards. So it's almost like a Facebook Live is like an iceberg, and then the weather forecast is just that that top part of the iceberg that's out of the water that you bring to the light and that's what people actually see. So what is the lesson from this that any communicator could draw from? I would say it's no maybe 10 times as much about the topic that you're going to speak about as time you have for actually speaking about it. And then be able to recite all of that and then have the ability to f- to just kind of feel what seems to be the most interesting, important information and then provide that in a concise manner. And this is why I love the... This might be my favorite quote about communication. That unless you can explain something in simple terms, you don't truly understand it. And I think that kind of stems from the same idea where someone who truly understands something has so much knowledge about a subject that they know exactly the most concise statement they could say, which would just sum up the subject, or it's the most important sentence to know. That's, I've always thought that. That's why I'm unimpressed by people who make things sound more complicated than usual. 
You do sometimes see this with communicators where they make it more complex. My theory for why people do that, and it's probably right, <laughs> it's, it's because I think they're trying to sound smart, to be honest. And I think they're trying to impress the audience. But then that comes back to the idea of, like, do you want to impress the audience and build up your own ego, maybe your fame, and feel good about yourself based on external feedback, like people saying, oh, man, that person's smart. I didn't understand a thing they said. Or would you rather boost your ego knowing that you're actually providing a valuable service to people and communicating in a way that they can actually grasp the ideas that you're trying to communicate to them. If you look up the actual definition and the kind of the meaning of the word communication, it literally means like community. And it's it's like you're almost creating and it's like sharing. It's like sharing ideas almost like a community. I don't know if that makes sense. You're almost like forming a community between your two minds when you're having a conversation. That's a terrible way of putting it. But I'm going to relook up the definition of that word. And I'm going to say this again in a future podcast better. Because when I looked up the meaning of the word, I was like, dang, that's a perfect word for it. It's the transference of ideas. Sometimes even more than that values. So that was a bit of a tangent. Going back to what I was also saying. So as a communicator, you want to have way more knowledge and information than you're going to actually use. And you want to just take off the best stuff, present it concisely. Now, the other reason you want a huge foundation of knowledge is because I don't know any better way to get confidence as a speaker than to know exactly what you are going to be talking about. Because, and you can tell this in a speaker, like sometimes people who aren't actually even that skilled at like public speaking will end up being better communicators just because they know more about the subject. And they're able to transfer those ideas better than someone who maybe has not the best handle of the subject, but is just amazing at speaking. Those people can trick you for a while. I I will say I've been tricked by some of those people in the past where I think they're wise, but they're actually just really good at speaking. Not communicating, speaking. I, I would say there's a difference there. I would call speaking something that you can kind of fake Whereas communication, that is, that depends on the, on the sharing of true ideas. And you can't fake that. So, going back to what I was just saying. About, you need a massive store of knowledge. And the hard part about that is, it's a very slow process to accrue that knowledge. And along the way, you're going to make some mistakes because before you, get, before you gain knowledge, 
you're going to make mistakes because you don't know everything. And you'll never know anything, everything, so you'll always make mistakes, which should actually be viewed as a good thing because mistakes are how you learn. And without mistakes, I don't even know if it's possible to grow. Because if you were to try something new and do it the first time, you might as well have have already known how to do it. So it was already something you knew. If you try something new and you don't do it, you could say that's a mistake. But from that mistake, and then maybe 10 more, you slowly get closer to the target. It's like playing horseshoes. At first, it might be three feet to the left, and you're like, all right, I gotta turn my shoulders a little bit. And you throw three feet to the right. And you think, okay, now I just gotta do the middle of those two throws. And you do that a thousand times, and pretty soon you're throwing ringers. That's how you grow and learn. You make lots of mistakes, you gain knowledge from your mistakes, and you zero in on the target. I, I want to get back to the point I was making, though, about having a base of knowledge. It's a slow process to build that knowledge. But you want to build slowly, steadily, and well. That way, when you make it, you'll keep it, and you'll stay on top. Do not be tempted as a communicator to give in to the little tricks that can be used to vault yourself to unearned fame before you have truly developed as a communicator. You see this done where somebody uses the classic techniques, everybody knows them, and then they vault themselves to fame. Things like gimmicks, things like, well, the classic one is just sensationalism, ideology, not just not telling the whole truth of the story and really just showing one side to basically like enrage people and like get them behind you. And just sensationalism, I think that's, that's the biggest one. Just making things more exciting, you could say, and just a larger magnitude than truth and reality should allow. Now, what happens when communicators use that technique? It does work in the short run. It does. People get launched to fame. Maybe they get, maybe they even get rich in the process. They get fame in the process. But the thing is, is because it's not built on a foundation of knowledge, the foundation is not sturdy. And you're not qualified for that level. And over time, the best communicators go to the top. There might be shuffling in the short run where somebody can jump up 10 places. I'm just using random numbers here because they use some of these sensational techniques, let's say. But over time, guaranteed, they're gonna go right to where they should be based on their knowledge and their ability to communicate that knowledge. It's kind of the, the hierarchy of communication. So don't get tempted when you see people using those sensational techniques and it's vaulting them to fame. Because if you build slowly, steadily, and well, you'll win in the end. 
And the other important thing about that is there's actually an advantage to not launching yourself to fame too early as a communicator. Because as a communicator, you're doing it in public and people are listening to you and people are judging you. And in the world today, the internet lasts forever. So if you launch yourself to fame, you put yourself at a level that you haven't actually earned and you don't actually deserve. So when you get there, pretty soon people are going to be able to see that you don't deserve to be in that position. And they'll be able to see that because you'll be making mistakes that somebody who's been building slowly, steadily, and well would have learned before they were at that level. Hopefully that made sense. I knew that was going to be a wordy sentence. But I'm trying to articulate this, but it's a difficult idea to articulate. It's like, if you jump to a level of fame that you shouldn't be at, you haven't made all the mistakes necessary to, to get to that point naturally. So once you're up there, you're going to be making mistakes that you should have made like five years ago. And then once that happens, people will say, oh, this guy's not that smart. This guy's kind of a phony. He's a grifter. <laughs> Whereas when you build slowly, steadily, and well, the advantage you have is that while you're making those mistakes, not that many people are listening. For example, these podcasts. Nobody's listening to these. <laughs> and I love it because they're not that good yet. And I don't know that much yet. This is still very, very early in my whole process of developing as a communicator. And I'm grateful nobody is listening right now. Like, I, I can see the little views on, like, the podcast app. And it's like three maybe. And I think maybe those are even just like fake views because they don't want me me to be like so discouraged that I'm getting zero. Like I don't think anyone's actually listening to this. But I'm happy about that because that means I get to build up my skills and my knowledge in silence. It's almost like building up a large amount of pressure. So then maybe once somebody does share these podcasts if they end up ever getting good at this point I think it's really just me rambling there will be all this built up pressure that will just probably explode (laughs) but we'll see honestly at at this point in time I'm going to see how long I can go making this podcast without anybody listening I think it would be kind of funny (laughs) and again it's an advantage because I get to make lots of mistakes and I get maximum freedom because well no one's really listening so it doesn't really matter like for example I've been rambling for about five minutes but I don't really care because no one's listening (laughs) all right so that's maybe got a little too far at the end there but the basic thing I'm saying is build slowly steadily and well have a base of knowledge and communicate as truthfully truthfully as possible And that's the big part of that, like sensationalism versus, I would say the antithesis of that is truth. 
to tell half the story is, I would say, the same as lying. It is. You want to be able to tell the entire story. And when it comes to truth, you also want to be humble. And you want to explain your confidence levels in what you're saying. Especially if something you're talking about has like different levels of accuracy. Like, for example, I could just say the example the other day. In one of my weather forecasts, I was very confident that a storm was going to move south and our rain totals were going to be about half as much as the models were showing. I thought that because, well, I've looked at thousands of weather maps. I've been studying weather for, I don't know, 13 years now. Decided I was going to be a weatherman at 14. Now I'm 27. And I have looked at enough different models to know which model I trust the most. And then that model had it moving south. And yeah, it just, you just had a feeling. Sometimes you can't really even explain in words and it's really just a gut feeling. But that gut is built on all of the knowledge you've accrued and is just sitting in your subconscious. So I was confident about that. When it came to talking about flooding, I know I'm not a flooding expert. I don't know that much about flooding. I, like, I got my master's in meteorology, but nowhere in the course of that program did we have a class on flooding. There might have been like a short part of a chapter about it, but I mean, how much do you really learn from just reading a textbook? You really have to learn from communicating, and I've... I'd never made any videos about flooding, so didn't really know that much. So when it came to me talking about flooding, I kind of just said I wasn't all that confident in what was going to happen. Now, the way I did it was when I was talking about the storm, I was saying, I think this storm is going to move south and our rain totals are going to get cut in half. Like that's what my mentor calls owning your forecast, like saying this is what's going to happen. Now, when it came to talking about flooding, I was like, all right, here's the flood chart. The chart is showing that we're going to go into the moderate flood stage. But we've seen this river overshoot the forecast. So there's a chance that that happens, and we're really just going to have to continue to watch the flooding as it unfolds. Because although this is the best tool that we have right now, we really need to take it with a grain of salt. And you know, maybe me knowing we should take that chart with a grain of salt is like an expert opinion, but it's all about being humble and knowing what you can say confidently and what you can't and what you have experience in and what you don't. Because if I were to get up there and say, hey, we're going to have flooding at 4 p.m., I know this, as if I were a hydrology expert then the flooding doesn't happen because it's the wrong call because I don't actually know that much about flooding and then it doesn't end up happening. People think, oh, Holt doesn't actually know his stuff. He's just really confident. (laughs) And he's a bit of a BSer. It's almost the same as someone who does like sensationalism where they talk things up and make themselves, or someone who uses 
too complex of language. They like build themselves up higher than they should be. So me making a confident claim about flooding would be me like posing as a flooding expert. And you can't, you can build a fake reality, but you can't live in it. Eventually it's going to come crashing down. That's, that's the way the world works. And honestly, it's good that it does work that way. Now, the other big thing about that is once you destroy your credibility and your trust with whoever you're communicating to, that's almost impossible to build back. Like, honestly, I don't know if it's possible to regain trust after it's broken. In my own life, I would say no, it's not. So, just thinking about that. Let's say I made the call, flooding's going to happen at 4 p.m. And then it doesn't happen because, well, I don't have the knowledge to make that call. So it's very unlikely that I just, you could say, guess correctly. Then somebody thinks, okay, Holt's just kind of a BSer. He's just confidently says things that he doesn't really know. Then when it comes around to wildfire season, and I'm saying, you know, like, today wasn't that bad, but I'm seeing a few different things happening where I think, like, the inversion's going to break tomorrow and this fire's going to take off. Then maybe that's something I actually am qualified to say because I've been studying wildfire for a long time. I've been forecasting a long time. I'm still young. I still have a lot to learn. But so far, I, I would say I've been fairly accurate with a lot of my wildfire calls because I also do it humbly. I, I know what I can say confidently and what I can't say. So it comes around to that wildfire forecast and I say something that I know is going to happen. But because I've already broken that trust with somebody in the past, making a call about flooding that I shouldn't have made, they now don't trust me when it comes to the thing that I actually know. Makes sense. So it's very important to, I would say, be humble. Now, this actually ties, it's funny, I'm actually kind of tying in a lot of the different lessons that I've learned. So... The other big one that I learned today is the importance of being humble. Now, the reason for that is because, actually there's a few reasons. So the first one I can think of is, let's say you're in a position where you're having an argument with somebody. You're having an argument and you know that you're right and they're wrong (laughs) and you win the argument Like, you are proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were right. You go walking away from that conversation thinking, feeling pretty good about yourself. You maybe think, oh, I am the expert on this thing, and I don't need to listen to that person anymore, and I'm right. You just lost the opportunity to grow. Because in almost every situation, there is something you can learn from that situation. It might not even be the principal thing you were arguing about, but maybe there is some little aspect of what that person was saying that fills one of your blind spots. And if you walk away from an argument that you won, just completely soaking in your victory, 
you are completely throwing away the opportunity to grow. There is something to be learned in every situation. For example, one might just be the basic fundamental like topic that you're talking about. Maybe there's something they pointed out that hadn't really occurred to you before, and then you could really run with that and build it into your knowledge base as something maybe you didn't even think of building into your knowledge base before. Now the other aspect of it is you can look at every single conversation from a communication perspective. You could think, okay, we had an argument. Why did it even turn into an argument? Like, why wasn't it just a conversation? And then you could start using that dialogue that you had, although I don't know if an argument you could even classify as dialogue. It's more of like two people just lecturing at each other than it is an actual conversation. So you can learn from that convert, I don't want to call it a conversation, that argument about how to communicate better in the future. Like, for example, if you were right and they were arguing against you, you shouldn't have the feeling that you won in the end. In a good conversation, both people win because they both end up with the truth. There's not a winner or a loser. It's not, you're not battling people when you're talking to them. Unless that's your goal and that's what you're into, but... If your goal is actually to have the other person adopt your ideas and your ideas are true and you want the truth to win, the last thing you should do is argue with someone and have like an aggressive tone because that immediately just puts up defensive barriers and then they're less likely to learn and then there's less truth in the world if you want to get kind of philosophical about it. So what's an example of how you could so I'll just wrap that up first so big thing even if you let's say win you should still be humble and there's still something you could learn from that person who instead of thinking they don't know anything now when it comes to communication there's also another reason to be humble though Another reason to be humble is because you don't know if you're actually wrong and you want to learn. So you should actually be happy to engage in a conversation where someone disagrees with you because maybe they might point out a blind spot that makes you smarter. You don't want to attach yourself to the ideas that you hold. You aren't your ideas. You're the force that transforms your ideas. And you should be happy to replace ones that are bad. But you should also stand up for the ones that you think are good. And maybe the only way sometimes to find out your ideas are bad is to kind of combat them against other ideas. Now... I just want to go back to arguments. When it comes to arguments, it's not the way to go about teaching somebody. Because I kind of already mentioned this, but the second you take an aggressive tone, 
like the defensive barriers go up. So first off, you should never try to do an aggressive tone when you're explaining something to someone else as a communicator. Because your goal as a communicator is to transfer your ideas to them. And if you take an aggressive tone, well, you're not going to transfer the ideas. They're going to become defensive. And I would say in most cases, they're actually going to adopt the opposite of your ideas. Or if they already disagree, they're going to double down on their, you could say, false beliefs. So that's what to do if you're trying to explain something and to protect yourself from becoming aggressive in your communication. Now, what do you do if somebody is becoming aggressive with you? Honestly, (laughs) I think that's the perfect word right there. You just have to be honest. This is something that I've learned often is that when in doubt, just be as honest as possible. So, In that example, let's say somebody is aggressively coming at you and you actually know that you're right. Here's what you can do. Instead of continuing this argument, you could literally just say what's the honest truth. You could say, okay, we're having a disagreement about ideas. You want me to learn what you're saying. And honestly, I'm always happy to learn. So I want to learn what you're saying as well. But when you're speaking to me, like the way that you're speaking right now, which is kind of aggressive, I I can't help but become defensive and it makes me less likely to learn what you're saying. So if both of our goals is for me to learn, I would, I think it would be beneficial for us to have more of a conversation and less of an argument. Like, I don't know if that would make someone matter (laughs) or if they would be like, dang, I like, I don't, I feel like that's hard to disagree with. So I don't know. Next time someone's getting aggressive with me, I I might just try to whip that one out and see what happens. And I'll I'll report back on this podcast to see if I got slapped or not. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So oh, this was going to tie into something else I wanted to say. Um, what was it? All right, I was talking about how... Oh, being honest. Yes. All right, so that's another story that I learned today. And it's the importance of being honest. And I've noticed this because I watch... I've watched like hours and hours of news bloopers. Mainly because I want to see how people react when things go wrong and see what I like and what I don't like so that I know how to react when things go wrong when I'm on the news. Because it's live TV. Guaranteed that's going to happen. So I've watched a lot of news bloopers and the ones that give you kind of a bad feeling and make you not like the person is when something goes wrong and they get angry. Now, give them some, I don't know, credit or the benefit of the doubt, that person has the courage to be talking in front of thousands of people. And maybe they've done everything on their end to make sure that they're ready for that moment where they're speaking. And then maybe someone behind the scenes wasn't doing their job and then something goes wrong. 
And it makes that person who's talking look bad. And it's on them because of something they didn't do. It's kind of understandable that they would be mad in that moment. But the thing is, is people watching don't know all the behind the scenes. So people watching don't know all the behind the scenes. And they just see you get mad and they think, oh, that guy takes himself way too seriously. I wouldn't want to be friends with that guy. He seems easy to anger. Now, the bloopers I like the most are when somebody just kind of goes along with it, maybe makes a little a clever joke about it, and then in the best situations, is just completely honest about what's going on. So here's what happened today. The I'm in the middle of my forecast, and it was just a complete accident, but one of the cameras, or the camera that's on me, just all of a sudden starts turning around. We have automatic cameras and it just starts panning around the rest of the room. So the, the green screen, like obviously isn't working and I'm no longer on camera and the camera's just like going away from me. So this has never happened to me before. And so I literally just said that I was like, well, the camera's kind of running away from, or he said the camera just disappeared on me. And then it like, and I'm like, hopefully it comes back. And then the camera does come back. And then I was like, well, that's never happened before. That was kind of funny. And then I just continued the forecast. So in those moments, it's awesome if you can think of something clever to say. Like later, I was like, oh man, that would have been great if like as it was coming back, I was like, or as it was going away, I was like, man, it's given new meaning to the word camera shy. Like that would have been funny. But maybe that's like too slick. I think it's actually better just to literally say what is happening. And it's the easiest thing to do because it's just what you're thinking. And it's what is true and what's happening. And it's kind of funny when someone is like that brutally honest. I forget which person I originally noticed this about. Oh, I think it's Craig Ferguson. There's sometimes on his show where something will happen... And it's like the exact moment where somebody else might like deflect or like change the subject. And he literally will just say exactly what he's thinking. And it's so like refreshing and it's just funny. So that was what I did throughout the day today. And the basic summary there is just be honest. And it's funny because it's the easiest thing to do if you're willing to do it. Yeah. Imagine if you just lived your entire life just speaking as honestly and as truthfully as you could. And then you just see what happens after that. It's like, kind of ties into what I was saying earlier about how when you lie, you distort reality. And then it's, there's just a tension building until it snaps back. And it has to snap back at some point. So the freest way to live would just be to always be completely honest, even in situations where it, right off the bat, it might not seem beneficial to you, but eventually it comes back. And you would rather just tell the truth and see what happens and deal with the consequences than to lie and end up having the consequences be worse. Because that's how it works. That was another communication lesson I've learned the last couple days. It wasn't with me, but it was someone... I know. And they made a pretty bad mistake. And then they, 
was, they were talking to me about it. They're like, what should I do? And I was like, honestly, you got to just be honest. Like, you have to. And they're like, nah, I can't do that. That's going to open up a can of worms. And I'm like, maybe it's the exact can of worms that's supposed to be open. And then I said, no, no, no. Like, I can't do that. And then they lied. And then the can of worms ended up opening up anyway because the person guessed what had happened, the truth. And then when this person was trying to explain kind of what was, like, the actual truth... Then they'd lost credibility because they'd lied. So now the person couldn't trust what they were saying. So rule number one, I would say for communication is be honest. And it might not even be true communication if it's not honest, because eventually it is going to snap back. So covered a lot of ground. We've talked about how it's important to stay humble It's important to tell the truth, not be sensationalized. You never know what you're going to learn from someone. There's always something you can learn from someone. Um, Lots of different lessons. I think the overall one that I want to end on, though, is just kind of the theme that goes through, through all of these different experiences. And the theme of that is the importance of communication. And it literally, like, struck me the other day where, like, because I've been doing these podcasts, like, throughout the day, I'm anal- I'm now analyzing all my different conversations that I have with people about what I could learn from that conversation about communication. And then as I learn that, I'm able to apply it to the next conversation, and then that conversation is actually better because I've learned that lesson. And since I've been doing this, I've noticed improvements across the board in almost every aspect of my life. And I would say, especially the two biggest aspects of my life, relationships and work. Because I think those are the two areas where you derive meaning in your life. From the work that you do do and the service you provide to others. And then your relationships that you have with family and friends. And I would argue there is nothing more important to make sure you can drive maximum meaning from those two worthwhile pursuits than the best communication that you're, that you're capable of. And the best way to develop yourself as a communicator is to practice. But not only to practice, but to analyze every opportunity you can and treat it as an opportunity for growth. And... The reason I do these podcasts is because the best way to actually remember what you've been learning is to speak it out loud. Practice communication while you're growing as a communicator. I don't know what that's called. It's like metafiction or reminds me of the movie Inception or something. But it's unreal what communication can bring to your life. For example, you're having a problem with the person you're in like a relationship with and maybe it's not even a problem but maybe you're just neither person has brought up something that needed to be said and there's like once again you're just not living in reality both people have kind of a distorted view of what's going on and maybe the problem is only something that can be solved by them coming together 
and sharing the two different sides of the story that they have. And then it creates the shared story through communication. Maybe that's why part of the meaning of the word communication is shared. And then those two sides of the story come together and now that is what is actually reality. Because each person brings in their perspective. And then now understands the other perspective to create something new and something stronger and something shared. So relationship-wise, nothing is more important in communication. Work-wise, again, I would say nothing more important than communication. And a big thing about it in both work and relationships is you never want to be talking at people. You want to be talking with them. And you don't want to just be focused on them hearing what you have to say. You want to be equally focused on hearing what they have to say. And you also want to... I, I'm not good at this yet. But you also want to be like gauging their reactions to what you're saying. Because a large amount of communication is body language... And you want to actually be looking out for things like facial expressions, how they're, if their body's like open to you or closed to you. Because that is like instant feedback for what you're saying. Like in an exaggerated version of this, maybe you're telling some, something to someone and they like kind of like squint their eyes and they kind of lift their chin up and they just get like a little smirk on their face and they're kind of, you can just see in their face that they're questioning what you're saying. Before they even respond, you could notice that and say, all right, now I know you might have some objections to this. And then you could rephrase it in a better way because you just, you've already realized that the initial way wasn't working. So yeah, you want to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And it's just instant feedback. It's the same as when I'm doing like a live stream wildfire forecast and I'm watching the number of people that are on the live stream let's say it's 500 and I see it going down to 450 then 420 and then I'm like oh whatever I'm talking about is boring like I'm not being a good communicator right now like this must not be interesting maybe I've had the same tone for a really long time I'll switch it up I'll turn this into a story somehow so then I start telling a story and it starts going up to 500 550 well that same concept can be applied to communication every single day with individual people but instead of the number going up and down You can be gauging their reactions for reactions that look positive and reactions that look negative. And maybe in some reactions, you're getting no response whatsoever. And that probably just means they're not listening. And in that case, stop talking. Simple enough. So, and then even within those conversations, again, every single time is an opportunity for growth. You want to analyze what you did well, what you maybe wished you'd done better, and then use that the next time around. And the great thing about this is my sister just sent me a a post that was pretty interesting. It said, you have to remember that where you are right now, or all of the mistakes you made in the past, what was it? I'm actually just going to pull it up. I'm not going to do it justice. If I try to wing this, I usually don't pull out outside quotes during these. 
but it's kind of long. It says, everything you've ever achieved was done with less knowledge and less experience than you possess today. Now that you've learned more and done more, just imagine what great things you can do next. Very interesting. So all of the mistakes you've made throughout your life were with less information, but because you made those mistakes, now you have that knowledge. And now you get to apply that to your present life. That's why growth is so amazing. So from a communication perspective, all of the communication mistakes you've made in the past are building you into the communicator that you are today. But you only really become better at communication, I believe, if you're actively trying to become better at communication. And then your growth can almost be exponential. It's amazing. And then, like, the main point that I'm trying to get here is, I would say the number one most important skill you could develop, and it's almost even more than a skill, it's like a lifestyle, to become better in your relationships and better in your work, which are the two main sources of meaning in your life, is communication. So by practicing communication and getting better at it, you are literally making the two most important aspects of your life better. Meaning your life is better. It's like just thinking about that is unbelievable. You have the ability to drastically improve your life by focusing on communication every day and becoming a better communicator. And honestly, it becomes very fun. I I was going to end it there, but I do just want to say this. It becomes super fun when you adopt this mindset because then every single conversation you have, there's like, it's not only the conversation you're having, but also there's now this underlying game that you're playing where you're trying to figure out what you're supposed, what you're supposed to learn from this interaction. So it can make an incredibly boring conversation interesting because you think, man, this is boring. And you think, why is this so boring? And you think, oh, it's just me talking and this person's like on their phone half the time. They're giving me no feedback. In the future, I should remember that. Never be on your phone if someone is talking to you. That's just not only disrespectful, but just going to be boring for both parties involved. So there's something you can learn from every interaction. I think I've probably said enough in this podcast. Probably been a bit rambly. I was able to tie in some of the lessons together, but honestly, I I don't think I even touched upon any of the ones that I was hoping to touch upon in this because I just went down different routes. So there's probably a lot I can still talk about tomorrow and then the next day and the next day and the next day because honestly, this process of becoming a better communicator is one of the funnest games I've ever played. And I can't wait to play it more. I ended it, but then I'm actually going to add one more line because that wasn't the best ending. I said, communication is the funnest game I've ever played and I can't wait to play it more. I think the better ending would be, I can't wait to play this game for the rest of my life.